again. Welcome, everybody, again for another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. This is Slade again, uh, taking over the duties as the intro guy, along with my co-host, Matt. Matt, how's it going down there in South Mississippi? Man, I can't complain. I'm doing good. Um, things, things are going well, man. How about yourself over there? Same here, same here. Just got back from the mountains, had a good time up there, got to relax for a little bit. Uh, got back in time for Father's Day, got to get my dad some stuff and spend some time with my family, so I'm doing good. Oh, man, that's always good to hear. Yeah, we spent, um, I was able to grill out for my dad and my fiance's dad, kind of as a Father's Day treat for them, you know, just as a kind of a token of appreciation. Um, You know, I was telling my fiance, they're always cooking for us for different things, and I figured that would be a a good way to kind of returning the favor to them so we did kind of a summer cookout type deal you know hamburgers hot dogs uh chips and dip and, and stuff like that and it was it was a really good time and and I was glad I got to spend time with them absolutely absolutely always fun to do so oh absolutely it's it's it's, it's good to be able to to kind of give back in that aspect Well, guys, we hope if you're listening along that you had a great Father's Day as well. If you're a father or, or were able to spend time with your fathers, uh, Slade, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time on your vacation. It sounds like you're able to get recharged and, and re-energized and going yep. to the mountains for a few days will do that to somebody. Yes, yes. Getting away just for a couple of days just to sort of relax, get away from everything and get back. And then kind of when you get back, you're not as just wore down. Absolutely. And this summer heat will do that to you really quick. Oh, absolutely. Really quick. Especially in an automobile, in an automobile plant that doesn't have air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, <laughs> that'll drain that'll your battery. Yeah. That'll drain your battery fairly quickly. I'd have to, yes. I'd have to guess. Uh, the closest I've ever come to that is working in a sawmill. Um, and that wasn't fun, but I was also 18 years old and had a little bit more energy than I do now. So, um, I, I, I would say I feel your pain, but I don't necessarily feel your pain. Right. Completely um, understand. Yeah. But like I said a minute ago, I hope everybody's doing well out there. Um, before we get into what we're, we're here for today, as always, if you would please give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Twitter, it would be greatly appreciated. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk. And on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Uh, once again, just give us a like and a follow on, that plat- on those platforms uh, and you'll stay up to date with all things Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, Slade, man, I've gotten to where I don't even have to write that stuff down. When we first started this part, podcast, I used to have to write all that stuff down so I would get it right, but I just, you, I'm able to wrap it up now. now. Man. <laughs> you get those reps in, you got it. I know, man. It's just like a quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Timing down, we ready to go. For sure. But yeah, like I said, just give us a follow on those, on those platforms on social media and it would be greatly appreciated. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, Slade, you want to tell the, tell the people what we're here for today? Absolutely. So we, we're going to do kind of a combo episode today here on Turnbuckle, Turnbuckle Talk. So we're going to review Saturday, or sorry, Sunday night's Hell in a Cell while we watch along the very first Monday Nitro ever recorded September 4th, 1995 from the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, I made a boo-boo on this. i, I for years, I watched the first episode of Nitro. I was at my uncle's house down in Hamilton, Alabama. And I remember watching it. And in my mind, it was a two-hour episode. And it was, and they started off with a two-hour episode, and then they broke it down to one hour after that 
until the May 27th, 96 edition, uh, edition that we watched along with a couple of weeks ago. So in my mind, we were going to have an hour and a half episode. I was incorrect. It's actually just a 45-minute episode, so hour-long when you cut commercials. Anywho, so so we'll probably end up overlapping, so we'll probably end up talking more about the Hell in a Cell it's, you know, after the watch-along, but that's what we're doing this afternoon. Yeah, it, it, it's fine, though, Slay, and I think, uh, you know, you, you're talking about getting the, the time mixed up on how long uh, the inaugural episode was. I think a lot of it had to do, you know, I'm just trying to go back to my, what was this, 1995? Yeah, 95. I had just turned, I had just turned six years old on August 25th. Um, so six-year-old Matt, I remember kind of like you, you know, watching it at my parents' house. Um, and I think it's kind of the excitement for it. And there was, there was a good bit that happened, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was a monumental episode in its own right, but in terms of what actually happened, it wasn't some big, 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 with, with, with one exception. Right. But, you know, it it taking place at a mall at the mall of America, um, just being the first episode, you know, and I think it kind of felt like it was longer than an hour. Yeah. And. And especially and, when you're a kid, because your 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 frame of reference for time is you know, yeah, a week, not, a week is a lot longer as a kid than it is when you're an adult. Right, absolutely. Like weeks now fly by. When you're a oh. kid, a week seems to take a month. Yeah, there's not enough time anymore. So, and if I remember correctly, and, and I could be wrong, Raw was not on this week. If I remember right, yeah, I think they got the Open Tennis Tournament. Yeah, I think they got preempted. So. So Nitro's running unopposed, and and as as I recall, um, I, this is just personal. We had gone to Opryland before it had, was turned into Opry Mills like that weekend. That was Labor Day weekend '95. So like we had gone to Nashville, and I don't remember why we went to. I think my uncle was like grilling or something. My uncle's a really really good cook. I'm sure he was grilling something and he invited us all down and we watched this episode all of us together at, at my uncle's place. So it brings a lot of nostalgia back and I still have a really soft spot for Nitro. I think you might have figured that out by now. Oh, I do. I do too, man. I do too. So, Until it so, gets to about 1999 and then I kind of, yeah, hey. about midpoint of 99, you can just about go, uh, and then, at, and then at the end of 99, it just gets into horror bad and 2000s. 2000 gets into it's so bad it's good territory right like complete and, utter train wreck and what's and what's sad is by two by the by oh one by the time it finally went out of business they were actually not bad shows the shows themselves were actually pretty good right but by that point I, i've made this comparison and it's it's local to me when i was a kid back in my hometown there's a hardy's and hardy's had a reputation for being really dirty really nasty um it got shut down by the health department three or four times and people just quit going there because it had such a bad reputation right and finally they started getting it together and by like 2002 it was probably the best fast food place in my hometown but the damage was too far gone it was too far gone people just wouldn't go and so it finally it shut down it went out of business and that's i sort of feel like that's what happened to wcw by the time it finally got back to something worth watching it was done yep yeah it, it had kind of turned a corner there towards the end but like you said too little 
uh, way too late in the case of yeah. ECW. But we're not here to, to dwell on the bad things this week. We're here to um, kind of celebrate the start of something uh, historic, you know, the, the WWF having opposition, like you said, on this first episode, it was unopposed, uh, Nitro was, but, you know, up until this point, you've never had another show coming on Monday nights against right. Raw. Right, um, WCW. So this was, oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead I was going to say, this was, this was a monumental step. Um, obviously, the Monday Night Wars hadn't started at this point, but um, it was certainly a big step in that direction for the future of uh, wrestling on Monday nights and, and, and something that became, I would say, ingrained in an entire generation of people, you know, watching wrestling on Monday nights. And, and this kind of helped jumpstart that, in my opinion, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I think so I'm, I'm remembering, I'm, old, I'm barely old enough to remember when Saturday night was the flagship show. So, you know, growing up, you know, if you wanted to watch WCW, you watch it on Saturday nights, and then you'd have main event and the early morning stuff. So this was kind of different because, hey, now they're on at the same time as Raw. Right. Now I have to make a choice. See, back then I could I could watch both. Hey, I want to watch Saturday night. I can watch that, and then I can watch Raw on Monday night. I'm good. Right. So it sort of made you have to make a choice. And like I said, this first night's on the post, so Nitro wants to try to get off to a good start because, you know, you want to this is your shot. Like, if you have a bad episode, you may not come back from this. Right. And speaking of Saturday night, uh, for our, whenever we do it, for our next watch along, we need to do either an episode of WCW Saturday night or uh, Superstars. Oh, WWE, absolutely. WWF. I'm down with that. Um, will, there, there's will, some gems in there on both of those shows. 100%. Because I, I just noticed I, it had to be recent on, on the Peacock, which is where we're going to be watching uh, this episode of Monday Nitro for those of you that haven't figured that out by now. Uh, fairly recently, they've added, I think there's three seasons total of WCW Saturday Night. And it's oh, from like, they added the very first one, um, like from the beginning. Oh, sweet. Uh, and and then uh, Superstars, I think, is the same way. They added it from the beginning, or I could be wrong on that, but they've got a few seasons of Superstars on there now as well. Um, and they should be, you know, the the when they first put out the release on Peacock, you know, about WWE Network going to Peacock, they mentioned having everything uploaded by SummerSlam. Um, SummerSlam is what, August 21st? Yes. So that's, I mean, that's roughly, like, well, technically now that's less than two months away. Um, so, you know, there should be more and more content steadily getting uploaded onto uh, the Peacock, you know, so, in, in the and, very near future. So there's, and I'm be, all for it. Yeah, there should be plenty of options. Because uh, there's some of it, you know, I've been watching some of it. Uh, a lot of it's what I use to go to sleep on. Uh, so I'll just turn it on and let it play. Right. A lot of it's not very good. You know, a lot of it's your typical early 90s uh, wrestling. Um, but that can also be entertaining as well. Oh, absolutely. It can also be entertaining. 100%. All right. But, yeah, like I, like I just said, we're, we're on the Peacock app, on Peacock.com, if you're on a computer. Um, it's, it's easy to find. It's the very first episode of Monday Nitro. So you just got to scroll down until you find Monday Nitro um, under the WCW uh, subcategory, I guess you would say on this. 
and it's the first episode. Um, get that up and, and make sure you're at zero, 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 all the zeros. Um, and I'll give us a little countdown from three, two, one. And then when I say play, we're going to hit the play button and we're going to get this thing rolling. Slade, you ready? Let's go. All right. In three, two, one, play. I've t I think I said this on the make the episode we watched. I love this intro. Oh yes, yeah, it brings back so much nostalgia. Like this, this the, one, and then the the raw um, the raw one where Stone Cold's walking through the warehouse. Those okay. two. Yes. Are my I favorite. love the fact that Vader's on here, and Vader by this point is gone. Yeah. Vader, Vader has been terminated after the fight with Paul Orndorff. Who I don't know if you saw it yesterday. He looks rough. Paul Orndorff. Yeah, he looks rough. I didn't see it. He, okay, I have a problem with this. They show the skyline of Minneapolis and the Mall of America is in Bloomington, which is like 10 miles away. Well, does Bloomington have a skyline? No, Lord, no. <laughs> Bloomington has the Mall of America, which used to be the Twin Stadium. Mongo, yep. my man Mongo, that dude behind Mongo looks really excited or he's – I don't know what to describe that in, dude. In the white shirt? The dude with the glasses on, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a complete, complete bunch of goofballery. Eric Bischoff, and there's Bobby the Brain Heenan. I love Bobby Heenan. I miss him. Imagine going to the mall to go to Sears and get some blue jeans with your mom and a wrestling show breaks out. Yes. <laughs> but I will say this. I will say this. I've been to the Mall of America, and I'm not a mall guy. never have been. It, it, you're going to spend two and a half hours there no matter what. Right, yeah, I've heard Just it's by absolutely the ridiculous. Of it. There yeah. are four Lids hat stores in that mall, for goodness Good sake. So, and, I, and the, the rumor has always been, and I, that the reason they did Mall of America as their, ho as their first spot was it was different and because Hulk Hogan had pasta mania in there. And they wanted to do some kind of collaboration for that. Yeah, they did a promo in front of Postmania. Yes, they did. All oh, the this is a really good opening match. I've got yes. to say, you've got you've got Jushin Thunder Liger versus Pil versus Brian Pillman. This is before Pillman's completely turned to the dark side. Yeah, but this so, is this is this is very slightly pre loose cannon. Brian Pillman you're about to get in this match yeah so here there's your answer to the to the trivia question if anybody ever asked you who the first person to be on Monday Nitro was or the first wrestlers Jushin Thunder Liger yep Liger got introed first yeah I do like the I do like the setting of, of the I, you know there is something to be said because it's so different from anything you're gonna see and because of where it's set up you've got all the like the I don't know what you call that, where the stairs are, those right. hallways, and all those people are right there. So it does give it sort of a more epic, you know. Right, and it, it looks video, really cool when they probably, do those high yeah. shots. Yeah, it, it looks like I'm sure that probably, truthfully, that this is one of the probably lower-attended nitros until the very end, but right. it doesn't look that way because of the way it's shot. Right, it looks packed. Um, yeah, it's packed. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed when they show us, I just noticed it and I've watched this episode probably five, ten times, but it, the, when they show the straight on shot like they're showing now, uh -huh. 
if you look to the right, like if they show it wide enough to where you can see the store on the right, it's a service merchandise. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Rest in peace. We can also say RIP to the to the pasta mania too. It didn't last too long. Yeah, that's very true. I don't think it was a national brand though, was it? No, 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 no. It was <laughs> it was I think it was only in Mall of America and it was like okay. their test thing and it failed miserably. What a shocker. Uh yeah, it really is. So we got Liger's got Pillman here in a reverse chin lock. Um, How old is Liger now? Because I know he just got inducted, God, but he's still wrestling, isn't he? God, Liger, I think, announced his retirement last year, but I think he's like 57, 58 years old. Let me check on that. Of course, as you and I both know, retirement wrestling means absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, he may have – because he wrestled on NXT not too long ago. Well, a couple years ago, probably. He had, like, yeah. one match. Well, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he fought and beat uh, Tyler Breeze. That's right. He's 56 years old. It says he's retired. But, again, it's pro wrestling. It will not surprise me in the least if he has another, for one last time, just for once, out of retirement, Jushin Thunder Liger. So this was 26 years ago, 25 years ago. 20, yeah, 20, close enough to 26. We'll call it 26. So how old would he have been? 30. He'll be, he'd been 30 at the time. Okay. So right around my age. That's crazy. Yeah. Pillman would have been about 33 at that time, which is a little bit younger than I am now. Yeah. That's, that's wild. It, it really, it really, you don't realize like how young these guys were in so many ways because if yeah. you start realizing, oh, I was a, uh oh, now Liger's going to break out the surfboard. I always love this move. Yes. It's another move they should bring back. Well, I don't know if you noticed, Pillman had on a like a line, uh, like a line abdominal stretch earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to speak on the abdominal stretch here in a minute when we talk about uh, Hell in a Cell. Oh, absolutely. Because um, somebody kind of upset me with that during Hell in a Cell. Um, but I'll get in, into that in a second. All right. Uh, there's another move that you see that service merchandise in the back? Uh, yes, I did. I did notice. <laughs> there's... Uh, Another move I was watching, I think it was WCW Saturday Night, and another move I want the heel to bring back is rubbing the face's head along the top rope. Yes. Burning right. the eyes. Yes. yes. That's such a heelish move. Yes. It's a dick thing to do. And it just goes back to, like, storytelling, man. Yes. I, I See, forget this... who it was, but they, like, skin them from one turnbuckle to the next. I was like, that's great. God bless that service merchandise. There it was again. So Lager going to go, oh, that looked nasty. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty bump. Which works because, I mean, they were talking about how hard-hitting it was. And that, that look, and I'm sure it was brutal, so. Right. But, man. And those mats on the outside do not look like they have any padding in like them. Like very at all. little pad. This that's like it's not quite uh Bill Watts zero padding, but right. might, as might, well as, be. Yeah, might as well be. Like it's like, just this, like yeah, this is the kind of stuff that Bill Watts would have pulled if they'd have said you have to have mats. Okay, yeah. you can have mats. Like, Didn't say I had to have any padding on them. 
like an eighth of an inch of padding. Yes, maybe. Maybe. So, so during this match, let's go ahead and get into Hell in a Cell. Did you check uh, out? Did you check out the? Uh, I didn't. I didn't match? check out. I didn't check out Mandy Rose and Natalia. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to speak on it because this is where I have a comment about the abdominal stretch. Go right ahead, my man. So we had Natalia versus Mandy Rose in the kickoff uh, match. And right. And just to get to the finish, Natalia beat Mandy Rose by submission, which you could probably predict. Only thing I'm going to say is there is a spot where Mandy Rose had Natalia in an abdominal stretch. Right. Played. I know I'm a proponent of bring back the abdominal stretch. But if you're going to do the abdominal stretch the way Mandy Rose did the abdominal stretch, please leave it in 1997. Because it was an abomination to the abdominal stretch. It was terrible. And this is and this is what I'm going to say. I don't have anything against Mandy Rose at all. No, I actually, not at all. I actually think she's getting better. Like she's one of those you can like see improvement all the Absolutely. time. But the abdominal stretch is, is the kind of move that I feel like Natalia would be great at. Yep. And so you might want to let her break that move out. Yep. And let and her put it on Mandy Rose because she can probably show Mandy exactly how it needs to be put on. And say, okay, here's what you do. You know, I'll put it on you. Here's what you do. Yeah, and it was just, you'd have to go back and watch it. It was not, it was very loosely applied. It was applied for like three, four, five seconds at most. There was no reason behind, you know what I mean? Like it, right. the whole meaning behind the abdominal stretch. And I know that's a weird heel to die on. Like I get it, but that's one of my quirks is bring back the abdominal stretch. And from what I've seen, Big E will do it every now and then. And he does it pretty well. Yes. Um, but other than that, yeah, I saw that and I just started laughing. I said, good grief. And we've had, God, that's what, the fourth or fifth false finish already in this match. Oh, absolutely. Pillman and Liger had some, yeah. the, the Super Brawl, I think it's Super Brawl 92 opener is one of the better matches you'll ever see. Not a false finish there, uh, though. Brian, no. Brian gets the win. And Brian Pillman is the winner of your first match in Monday Nitro history. And he is fired up. He is fired up. You see, I love that high shot that they have right there. It yes. looks really cool. Yes. And like you said, it looks different. So this is pre this is pre loose cannon because he's up here picking him up, shaking yeah. his hand. He's very big. Being, being all being all nice and stuff. Like within a month, he's the biggest jerk off on the roster. But right here, he's actually being nice. I also don't remember him wearing those 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 tights that much with the tassels flaring off of them. Like no, he that. really didn't wear them all that much because he you know he had those he had the Cincinnati Bengals trunks when he yep. was starting out. And then and then you know, wearing wear matching the, colors. Right. And then he had the Hollywood blondes outfit for a long yeah. time. The like the black the black trunks with the red star on it. Right. So and then he just sort of started wrestling in street clothes because he became when he went to the loose character loose cannon thing uh, bart simpson do sting <laughs> six-year-old matt would pop hard right now yes good sting old was, sting, sting was my man stinger is that face paint oh you're good to go you ready to go yeah all right so you're right that is an awesome shot like Turner in so many ways fell behind because they 
didn't have great um, production. Right. But this is really well done, I've got to say. Well, it's like, it's kind of like Eric Bischoff mentioned. It, it wasn't yeah. necessarily that they didn't have production. It's that they didn't have wrestling production. Right. You know, the camera they guys had, that were working Monday Nitro were working the NASCAR race the day before, you know, and, and, and they weren't specially for wrestling. So they didn't necessarily know what right. they were shooting right. per se. Oh, here we go. Here we go. That's the pasta mania. There's the pasta mania uh, promo. Oh, good old pasta mania. Hogan looks, Hogan looks ultra coked up tonight. <laughs> this, I mean, the, madhouse those, around I, him too. Yeah, I gotta say it'd probably be tough being Hogan being on all the time like Hogan was. Though. Oh. Good lord. Yeah. Like you have to be on all the time if you're Hulk Hogan at this time. Oh, 100%. This is this is right before he actually goes black next month for Halloween Havoc, which is kind of the precursor to what he what Hollywood Hogan was. So he's still pure red and yellow right now. Oh, and speaking of going black, uh it popped in my head. I'm sure you've heard, but you do know who the the backup plan for the third person in the NWO was going to be, don't you? Who was it? According to Eric Bischoff, now. Was it Sting? Yeah. That was his backup plan if Hogan decided not to do it. Um, because he said it was up in the air, like up until the last minute on if Hogan was going to go through it or not. Through with right. it or not. Right, that right. His backup plan was, was Sting. Because there's rumors that it was like some weird, like Dave Meltzer had said, some weird person. I forget who it was. Mabel was one of that. Mabel, yeah, 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 yeah. Mabel. And he's like, no. He's like, Sting was the only one we discussed as a backup Mabel plan. makes no sense because Mabel no. never jumped. No. Yeah. Mabel, like, never jumped. Ah, uh, here we go. So our second match on this first this first Nitro, Nature Boy Ric Flair against Sting. It's a hell of a second match. Which, for those of for for those of for those folks out there that don't know, the very last match in Nitro history, yeah, was Ric Flair versus Sting. <laughs> Here's you know what when it comes to Ric Flair and Sting, I often wonder. You know, uh, I talk about like Twitter and the internet wrestling community and 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 the stuff that they post and whatnot. <laughs> And like for the amount of people that get annoyed at how many rematches uh, WWE does where, oh, we've seen this before, we've seen this before. I've often wondered what they would think if they lived through the 90s with Sting and Ric Flair. Because between like 91 and like they fought all the time. 96, every damn pay-per-view it seemed like Sting and Ric Flair I mean, you can argue, argue that. that you you can argue that Ric Flair made Sting. Um, oh yeah, you know, uh, heel Ric Flair made Babyface Sting, but they oh. wrestled so many times. And I will say this for Flair: he at least the way he worked made it fresh. Like it. Never oh yeah, felt yeah, like, yeah. Like you're not seeing the same match over and over. And I think that's a big issue with with um, WWE. And that's a point I'm going oh, yeah. to make the main event. Yeah, and there's sure. our bombshell right there. Lex Luger shows up on Nitro. Um, he had actually, if I remember correctly, he had wrestled for the WWE the night before. Yep. And his contract had run out. 
and they were on like a per shot deal. And Bischoff didn't really want to bring him in, but did. And they they like flew him to Minneapolis, put him in a hotel room, like way away from everybody. And like kept him hit to like 10 minutes before the show. Flair wearing yellow trunks. I'm trying to remember if this is the only time I've seen him wear those. Uh, he's, I want to say he wore those against uh, against Sting. <laughs> Wonders never cease. At, right. the cla- at the clash where they unified the um, international and world heavyweight before Hogan's first match at Bash the Beach 94. I want to say he did, but I could mm. be wrong because it's been ages since I've seen that show. Because it just looks, I don't know, it looks weird. It looks out him. of place. Yeah. Like, Flair needs to be wearing, like, blue trunks or, or maybe red trunks or or I'll even live with black trunks, but that just doesn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's why, yeah, that's why it was sticking out to me. Like, I was like, I don't remember noticing it that much with right. orange yellow. All right, so right. while this match, if y'all, you know, if you're watching Sting and Ric Flair, you've seen Sting and Ric Flair. So let's get into the opening match on Hell in a Cell. Uh, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship in Hell in a Cell. It was Bianca Belair defending against Bailey. Uh, Slade, what did you think of this match? Very, very good match. Um, you wouldn't realize how, um, how, uh, inexperienced Bianca Bel- Belair is like right. she has she like she has really taken to pro wrestling she's and natural man yeah like she has the, the she, she has the personality she always had the athletic ability like I don't like I don't think I would be going too far out of the way to say she might be the best pure athlete in, on the roster all things considered uh, they, between her and her husband <laughs> yes yeah like <laughs> Easily the most athletic couple in in, in the WWE by far. But, and Bailey's a perfect opponent because Bailey, Bailey's going to make you look good. Bailey's going to get her stuff in where she looks good. It's going to be a hard hit match. Those two women beat the ever living hell out of each other. They did. Um, And it was, it was hard hitting. It was fast paced. Lots of creative stuff with the braids, especially when Bianca tied Bailey up with the hair and started beating her with it. I mean, just all sorts of of cool stuff. Uh, Bianca retained, which was the right call. I mean, Bianca, yeah, you need to you need to strap the the rocket to her ASAP. Yep. But yeah, just a great great opening match. Really solid. Um, Hard hitting, fast paced, you know, in the cell. They did a good job using it. Um, just really, really well done match. Yeah, I, I echo everything you just said. Um, my only thing, and this isn't a knock on Bailey or Bianca, it's a knock on having multiple Hell in a Cell matches in one night. And, oh, I agree and, with that. And, and don't forget, we had a Hell in a Cell match as the main event on SmackDown. So, out of you know the first match to kick off the show was a hell in a cell match the last match on smackdown two nights before was a hell in a cell match so my thing is with this you know even in this match they use kendo i think they use five kendo sticks 
in a ladder. They and, used a ladder. They used steel chairs. They used the steps. The only thing they didn't use was a table. Right. And so, well, now you used everything up before you even get to the last Hell in a Cell match. Right. You know, and that's the only thing about these gimmick matches when you have multiples of them is that you're, you're, you're running a tight line if, if you use everything up in the first match or the first gimmick match, you know, when you have multiples of those matches on, it can kind of become redundant and we'll get to it later, but I think Drew and Lashley did a really, really good job of not making it redundant. It was a oh, whole match, you know, so I don't think it affected it necessarily, but that was what was going through my head when I was watching like, damn, they've used everything and this is the first match. You know, and it's kind of like you go back to that old school style of thinking of, you know, save something for the next the next people. You know, if, if you do yeah. everything in the opening match, well, then nobody can follow that. Right. Um, and, and I get you selfishly don't want people to be able to follow you, but you still have a two and a half hour show to go. Um, but with that said, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, you know, I do love the creativity that they do with Bianca's hair. Um, they they, they kind of they use it in all these big matches that she has, but they find different ways to use it. Right. You know, and so I applaud them for that, you know, constantly being creative and coming up with new ways to utilize that. Um, I think that's actually a pretty good way of storytelling. Right. Um, and, and like you said, they just beat the hell out of each other. Um, and, and, and the right person won and she should keep winning. Mm -hmm. so maybe, I don't know, Becky Lynch comes back. Maybe. Um, you know, but Bailey. I'm not so sure I wouldn't put her over Becky Lynch. Well, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But at this point, she would be the only one I could see that I'd be like, yeah, that but makes I would, sense. Yeah. You know, um, putting her with Bailey right now, or maybe Sasha when Sasha comes back, uh, you know, um, one of those two. But putting her with Bailey right now has been um, really good for her. Bailey just keeps getting better and better and better. And, and I think. Uh, she's just she's helped Bianca out and I do hope we get a I selfishly hope we get a Bailey and Michael Cole Wrestlemania match yes <laughs> yes shut up Michael Cole shut up Michael Cole <laughs> but no yeah it was a really solid match oh absolutely and, really, was, really was, and I was glad they put it on first yeah good opener really good opener so what we got going on here with, with the Nature Boy and the Stinger? So um, Arn Anderson has come out, and at this time, looking 55. for one of the few times ever, the Arn and Rick are at odds. Um, this actually ends up leading to a match at Fall Brawl between Arn and Flair, where Pillman interferes to get on the win, and then it turns out it was a ruse, and Flair turns on Sting for the 434th time in, in their careers. But this match so far, you've got um, Luger's out there and Arn's trying to figure out what the hell Luger's doing out there. Um, they had ten, one of my favorite spots where, where Flair, would, uh, Flair would hit a suplex on Sting and Sting would just pop right up and act like nothing happened while Flair's strutting. Yeah, yeah. And, Flair would, and then Flair turns around and there's Sting standing there. This time, Sting just clotheslined him. Most times, Sting would just stand there, look at him, uh, dude, like the flex his muscles and Flair would start begging off, <laughs> and I love. I always pop for that. Always. Yeah, you know, and they they were 
like I said, they wrestled a million times in the early to mid-90s, but like you said, Flair especially had a way of keeping it fresh and keeping it entertaining. Right. Um, and and it, it didn't get redundant, you know. Um, it was always entertaining. Right. Just like Flair doing that turnbuckle spot a minute ago when he flipped over the turnbuckle, his patented, you know, where he'd flip over the turnbuckle, run down the apron, and then Sting just clotheslined it. I was like, yes. It's just great. You know, he's, not, he's not gonna get up the top rope and get body slammed. He's just gonna clothesline before he gets up there. <laughs> yeah. Now Arn's got into the ring. And now Arn and Flair are going at each other's throat. And Randy Anderson, who I always liked as a as a referee, needs to needs to step in here and 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 okay, this match needs to end right now, Randy. Arn Arn is not in the match, and he is fighting Flair. Like like this match is over. It's, it's over, Randy. Flair and Arn are going at it. Arn back in his home in his home grounds in Minnesota. Well, Flair is too. His, well, Arn's not actually from Minnesota. I always, that, that's always, right. That's right. He's from yeah. That's right. Arn's from Georgia. Yeah. Only yeah. is from of uh, the Anderson. Only is the only one from Minnesota. But Arn is in kayfabe from Apple Valley. Now, yes, Flair is. Born in Memphis, raised in Minneapolis, now is now builds himself as from Charlotte because he's lived there for God forty years now. Hey, there's there's Scott Norton. What's Scott Norton? Scott Norton's ready to hurt somebody. He's ready to hurt. He's ready to hurt Eric Bischoff, and now no, another Minnesota and now, man. And now Mongo. Now he and Mongo are going to get at it. I miss. I love Mongo. Like. I didn't realize how much I liked Mongo. I really didn't. Oh, he's great. Like Mongo had he he would never you will never in a million trillion quadrillion years think of Steve McMichael as a pure like technical wrestler. He never was going to be that. But he had presence, he had charisma and the man did everything asked of him. I'll I'll as a fan, I'll always appreciate that. Oh, Macho's here to to calm, uh, try to calm old uh, Scott Norton down. You know, the fans at this mall, they, they've gotten quite a show so far in the first 25 minutes or so. Oh, absolutely. Um, you've got, you've had Luger, you've Luger, had Scott Norton. Flair, had Sting, Macho Flair, Man, Sting, Anderson. Liger Pillman. I mean, yeah. you've got it all. They packed quite a punch in this first half. And, of course, WC, crack WCW security guy Doug Dillinger there. <laughs> I forgot about Sabu being in WCW. Yeah, yeah. For, like, it, it didn't last. It only lasted, yeah. like, maybe a month or two. Yeah, it was not long at all. And, and he ended up going right back to ECW because it God, just this, didn't work. This vignette makes you think you're on LSD or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very 1995. Oh, very much so. So let's get into the next match on Hell in a Cell. Uh, All right. We had Cesaro and Seth Rollins. And you kind of touched on this before. Uh, Seth Rollins won, but it was kind of in a, I guess, in a hokey way. Right. Um, so what did, you, what, did, what did you think about this match? I thought it was a good... I, th I thought it was a good 
a good, solid match. I mean, Rollins got the better part of the early going. And then Cesaro got got the swing, went for the sharpshooter, got blocked. He got the cross face on Rollins, and it looked like all was lost. And then, hey, a guy from Coleman won the Harley Davidson. That's awesome. Sorry, I'm watching the Nitro thing. And then, uh, and then Rollins tried to hit one more move on him to get him to get him submitted, and Rollins rolled through and got the one, two, three on a roll up. Which it doesn't make Cesaro look bad because it's not like Cesaro got curb stomped and put on the ground. It's more like he got caught. Right. And that's I don't. I wish Cesaro would get more. Cesaro is awesome and probably deserves more than he's gotten. I don't know if you saw. Um, it looks like Mick Foley's going to be the next guy on the Broken Skull Sessions. I watched probably the first half of it. And, and I fell And Foley, like they did a like a word association, and Foley literally looked at the camera and when they said Cesaro, begged Vince to give him a chance. Yeah. And I just don't know that Vince will ever get Cesaro. And I, and I don't understand why with Cesaro. Like, I understand that he doesn't get so-and-so or such-and-such. But Cesaro, like, you just watch that man wrestle for, for 15 minutes, and how do you not get it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if the mic work is something that you don't get, find a way around it, man. There are, there you, are managers. you found ways there... around it for decades. Yes. You know, keep like, uh, yeah, I don't. That's one that I don't get. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Because the man is talented as hell and entertaining as hell to watch in the ring. And the things yes. he can do should not and, be done by a human being. And really, he's not a bad talker. He's really not. not. He's not. He's a little, he's a little awkward because as he's mentioned, he, he knows four languages. So sometimes he's having to. Right. Sometimes things might get lost in translation when he's talking, but he's actually a really good – he's not a bad – like, I wouldn't call him a really good talker, but he's not a bad one. Right. And, again, if you don't get it, there are ways to, to work around that. Yep, because they've done it for decades with other people, mm-hmm. man. Um, so I don't see that as an excuse. It will never amuse me not to, to see a big, big boss man who is Big Bubba Rogers in WCW wrestling in a uh, suit and tie. Yeah. Like that seems like a terrible idea. We missed a Michael Wall Street promo, by the way. Oh, we didn't miss it. We saw it. <laughs> uh, we, 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 you didn't really miss anything. No. Um, you can, the one thing I will say is you can. This is going to sound weird, but you can see Bray and you can see Bo Dallas in their eyes. Yeah, like, in eyes. Those, yeah. The eyes is where you can like tell. Oh yeah, they're the same. They're same blood. Yep. Um, but other than that, you can't. Yeah, like other than like they they have nothing else in common. But like when you look in there, it's like, oh yeah, hey, that's the same bunch. So we're gonna get Hogan versus Big Bubba. I think that's the main event here. And his and the and say we're not getting. I am a real American. We're getting. He's American made, which I think we're, which I think was written by Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Jimmy Hart also wrote American Males, so there's that. American Males, American <laughs> Males, American Males. Yeah, it's the that is up there with the worst theme songs in recorded history. It's 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 right up there with Bree Mode. Oh, good God! And Bree right mode. to censor. 
Sorry, I'm I'm having a moment. You're good, man. You're good. We all do. Um, it happens to the best stuff. Speaking of IRS slash VK Wall Street, do you realize how old I was when I realized what the VK stood for in Wall Street and VK Wall Street? I'm 34 and I don't remember what VK it's, stood it's, for. It, it was a dig at Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy. Oh, that that's right. That yeah, they never right. said that, but it was VK Wall Street and oh yeah, and him being IRS and WWF. It was Vincent Kennedy. Uh, yes. I never put two and two together. Um, but yeah. But no, I'll get back to give my little thoughts on, on Rollins and Cesaro. It's basically the same thing you said. Um, if, if you're listening to this and you've listened to us review uh, pay-per-views before, you'll kind of realize that me and Slade have very, very similar uh, views on what's entertaining for us for the most part, you know. He might not like some zombie lumberjack matches, and Matt may. But, but, <laughs> but, but other than that, yeah. yeah. Other than that, um, our our tastes are very very similar when it comes to being entertained with wrestling. But no, uh, Rollins and Cesaro, man, it's kind of like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a sense of I could watch them wrestle. Oh, absolutely. Seven days a week. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't care how many times they have matches, I will never get tired of it. Um, because they are so so good you know separately and then even together they're they're oh they're really yes good. um like i'd love first, to sorrow i'm sorry i love this is rollins tag team oh that would be tremendous yes uh, you know at first when the match ended like you said it kind of ended in a hokey way i was kind of i don't want to say i was upset that would be giving it too much credit I was, I guess you could say I was annoyed that yes. because the match was so back and forth. It was so competitive. It was so, you know, and Rollins wasn't really having to do any hillish things. You know, he didn't spend the whole match doing um, heel tactics per se to get away with, you know, to try and get the advantage. And then right. for them to have such a competitive match and back and forth and false finish and fall, and then bam, it's over. I was kind of like, man, you know, to me, the finish didn't match the the, the rest of the match, if that makes sense. But then, you know, hearing what you're saying um, and then kind of having a couple of days to marinate on it, I, I think I'm a little bit more okay with it now because, like you said, it didn't make Cesaro look weak. Right. Um, and, and I think that's the most important thing is you don't want him to look weak at this point. Um you, you still want to kind of make him look strong. And if the rumors are true about a potential SummerSlam match for Seth Rollins, I can understand right. why they want to keep him. You don't want him to think, Right. You want to keep him on a roll to build if the potential rumors are true about who his uh, SummerSlam opponent will be, then it makes sense to keep him on a winning streak and making him look strong. And beating Cesaro, you know, is, is a quality win. Um, so I kind of get it, but you know, my initial spur of the moment reaction was that, it, oh, absolutely, you know, it just felt kind of cheap. Then I guess, oh, in the sense, it was supposed to be, um, yeah, but it didn't, you know, if, if Rollins would have been doing like dastardly heel things throughout the match, I think I would have been more okay with it, uh, you know, initially, but like I right. said, having a couple of days to, to marinate on it and then. 
like I said, you kind of bring in the point up of uh, it didn't make Cesaro look weak. It didn't bury Cesaro. Uh, you know, that, that to me, that's kind of all that matters. Absolutely, absolutely. Meanwhile, Big Bubber's getting the, uh, as the late great Dusty Rhodes is calling him, Big Bubber. And now Big <laughs> Bubber's fixed to go after Jimmy Hart. Yeah. And Hogan's not going to stand for that. He's got to help his friends. He can't let it slide. All right, and let's 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 run through this match real quick. I don't think it'll take long. No. Uh, we had Alexa. The next match on the card was Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler. We had Alexa Bliss defeat Shayna uh, via pinfall. What What do you have to say about this? Just no, 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 no. no. Yeah, I'm, Alexa I'm, is doing the absolute best she can with what she's being given. Yeah. Like none of what, none of this is her fault. Like she has been given chicken poop and trying and trying to make chicken salad on it out of yep. it. Yep. And I did kind of like them bringing back the whole double jointed thing where when when Baszler hit the stomp and she just kind of no sold it. But other than that, just. The the hokiness like like this is this is this is like bad yeah. like this is bad the Papa Shango Ultimate Warrior stuff is was better than this yeah and yeah. and Alex is doing all she can and that's that's. That's it, 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 and the person who really hurts the most out of this is Shayna Baszler. Absolutely. Like, I thought 100%. she was and you're throwing her with this crap, and it's just, it's not good, it's not cool, it's not what you need to be doing. Well, I think, I think with Shayna, that's just proof that Vince doesn't get hurt, you know, at all about Cesaro. But I think, right, you see the way she's been booked since what we mentioned on the last podcast, since that Elimination Chamber match she had. You know, it's all, it's been all downhill for her, um, and it's been not not necessarily anything she's done. You know what I mean? No, she hasn't done anything um, wrong. But you can just tell it's, it's kind of in the same vein as Ruby Riot when she was in and still in WWE. Like you could just tell that either Vince or Kevin Dunn or both did not get her. Right. Um, because that is the only logical explanation for her to be treated the way she was. And that's the same way with Shayna Baszler, man. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of just mention what I tweeted out after this match ended. You know, I, I and I've said I was when it started, when Bray was still around or the Fiend was still around, you know, I was all for Alexa being with him and, and them kind of teaming up or whatever they were doing. It had me intrigued. It had my attention. But it just went off the rails, man. It just went off the rails. And at this point, the best thing I can say about what they're doing with Alexa Bliss's gimmick is my four-year-old is intrigued. Right. You know, right. My four-year-old son is interested in it. If that's what they're going for, then good job. But I don't think it is. And Hogan beats Big Bubber. Yes, he does. With the with the leg drop, with the Patented and, uh, leg drop. Patented big boot leg drop. The leg drop that took him from six foot six to six foot three. Bless him. He it would do that though. It'll mess up your back. Yeah, it will. 
And now Hogan's out here posing. And here comes the Dungeon of Doom. Kamala, Kevin Sullivan, the Zodiac. And here comes the Mean, here comes Earth Earthquake shark. John Cena. <laughs> No, he was and shark at this time. Luger. Ming. Luger. Luger getting in on this. And Hogan's looking at Luger to can I trust him? Can I not and trust this him? Is, this is kind of going back full circle from uh, WWF days because, you know, Luger was supposed to be the one to take Hogan's spot in WWF. Yes. yes. Didn't, didn't quite work out that way, but. And now Hogan and now Sting and Macho are out there. It's Macho and Sting right there trying to settle everything down. Randy Anderson is, he's just watching Asa- really yeah. what he do. You don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, like you just let him go. You just got to let him go. Much and and Luger. And if I remember right, they're about to go to commercial. Yeah. And apparently when they go to commercial, yeah, when they go to commercial, Luger smiles at Hogan because he's talking about, like, he's thinking about what kind of money they're going to make. And Hogan gets really mad at him because he's like, you're trying to take money out of my pocket. I got I wish I had Luger's book in front of me. Luger talks about how like Hogan got really mad at that smile. Like oh, really I can mad. see that. Yeah. Like Hogan's really, really protective. Like, not cool. Not cool, man. Yeah. Hogan, Hogan was very protective. Very much so. Very much so. But yeah, well, just to cap off this Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler stuff real quick, I hope it's over for Shayna Baszler's sake. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, it's like you said with it's like you said with Alexa Bliss, man. It's not her. Who it was Snitsky. It's not my fault. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Like it's not Alexa's fault. She is doing the best job she could do. I don't know if bringing Bray Wyatt or the Fiend back would help. I don't know. You know, I know she said that that Lily doll is going away because they're going back on the road. I don't know if they have a different direction in store for her. Uh, You know, she's been, uh, they've been kind of teasing like this hypnosis gimmick with her and Reginald lately. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just hope something works, whatever it is with her, because she, I mean, she's too talented. She's way too talented to be stuck in this, you know, yeah. where it's universally just at this point, you can't find many people that are intrigued by it. Like I said, other than my four-year-old son. Um, I, I just uh, feel bad for it, man. It's really not, it's not what you want at all. You know, and I think I think the, the the last straw for me was that that ending segment on Monday night uh, on, on yes. Raw, you know, with the whole thing with Shayna Baszler. I was just like, this is, you know, and for a lot of people, it was way before that. Um, but for me, it was that where I was like, yeah, this has just jumped the shark, man. Like this is oh, just, yeah. like there's just no fixing this. And and I wonder like how Vince can. Like we mentioned with Cesaro, like how can Vince see that and be like, yep, this is working, and then see Cesaro and be like, nope, I don't see it. Right. 
How? How? Don't understand. Oh, Don't man. know that I can't understand. Because that's got to be the only explanation outside of, you know, like I said, him or Vince, uh, Kevin Dunn. Right. Those two, I mean, they're making the calls. You know, oh, yeah. you'd, have, you'd have to figure that Bruce Pritchard uh, at least would be a really big Cesaro fan. Right. Um, just for the in-ring ability, you know, being such a right. old school guy. Right. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. He's a – he's a – that's – I don't want to blame – you don't want to be the guy that blames Vince for everything. No. But there are times I, mean, I just don't see what he sees. No, but, you know, at the same time, you don't want to blame Vince for everything. But you, you've heard wrestlers, you've heard creative people, you've heard anybody that's been in that business say that you're performing for an audience of one. Right. You know, so it's it's well known that if Vince doesn't like it, it doesn't matter who likes it. Um, it's, it's 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 his call, right? Um, and and so you know, you're going to get the credit, you're going to get the blame, man. Uh, it's part of it. You know, he's obviously he doesn't come up with all the ideas, he doesn't come up with all the stories, he doesn't come up with all of that, but he's the one who's pushing the buttons and saying, yeah, let's keep going with this or no, this needs to be changed or, you know, he's making those final decisions. Um, and it's like Bruce Pritchard has said it numerous times, Eric Bischoff has said it. Um, nothing is going to get on that TV if Vince McMahon doesn't want it on that TV. Right. And, and you know, when you have that much power, you're going to get that much blame. And I've, you know, and I've said it on this podcast numerous times that I think people blame Vince too much for, or, you know, he's this right. evil, evil, dastardly wrestling devil that just wants to bury everybody and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, but when it comes to creative things, like he, you know, he definitely has his fault. And we all do, you know, we all have our quirks and in our uh, things that we like that maybe the majority doesn't, but that's when you have other people in there to check you and be like, Hey, you might like this, but uh, I've kind of checked the pulse around, you know, it, it, we might want to go in a different direction type. Deal. Right. Um, and, and that seemingly doesn't happen very often. So, Oh, the, the that sort of Nitro ended by the way with, um, you know, Luger saying, I want a title shot with Hogan and Hogan saying, sure, I'll give it to you next week. And we got a match with Norton, Scott Norton and Randy Savage set up. I mean, it's, it's all sorts of stuff. And the second one just popped up and they got the familiar uh, Nitro announce set up. That's up, up at the top, not ringside. Right. I think and I Steve like that. Looks excited. Well, he's got his dog there. Oh, Pepe. I love that dog. <laughs> did you oh, notice Pepe. the dog had devil horns on on the first episode? I did not, but that, that <laughs> sounds I, about right. He always had him in a, he had him in like a, some, like a mini sombrero. Yeah. He had him in a tux one time. But yeah, on that, at the end of the first episode, they did a shot of the announcers at the very end and he was holding the dog and it had on devil horns. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. 
But yeah, let's okay. So we got uh three more matches on Hell in a Cell to get through. Um and and one of them I have some things to talk about. But um the next match that we will uh talk about, we had Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the one million nine hundred and eighty-four thousand seven hundred and thirty-second time. And for that many times it's been a damn good match yeah uh, and and Sami Zayn defeated Kevin Owens via pinfall via clean pinfall so that uh, makes it so I think I think you said it earlier to me I think that makes it 1,984,730 to two Owens exactly yeah. all time <laughs> Zayn is closing the gap <laughs> slowly but surely yeah. I will yeah. say this the story makes sense Owens took a Nigerian nail from Aziz and was beat up, sore, tired. He gets, he got some shots in and then Zane nails him in the throat. Owens, that was one too many for Owens and Zane nails the Haluva kick for the win. I love Zane. Yeah, I do too. To to your point about the story, I'll I'll just say this real quick while I was thinking about it. They told the best story throughout the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Like, they had the best storytelling of any match throughout the pay-per-view, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there was that, uh, I don't know what he calls it, but Zane kicked Owens when Owens was in the corner, and he just smoked him in the face with that foot. Right. Just smoked him. And then, you know, Zane was bleeding in the face at the end of the match. And I mean, they were, they were laying it in on each other. And to your point, you know, talking about, you know, telling a story, I think with these two, even if you don't have a story, there's going to be a story, you know what I mean? Because everybody who like their story has been told enough, they are connected together enough through wrestling through their history, that there's always going to be a natural story to be told. Absolutely. Um, whether it's done on screen or they can just say, hey, look at the last 15 years or however long they've been, you know, feuding with each other in the ring, uh, that there's a natural a natural story to be told there, um, you know, regardless of how it's going currently. Um, but you know, yeah, like you said, them they were able to to capitalize off of what had happened to Owens previously um, with Apollo and his um, commander Aziz, and and yeah, it, it, it just fit. It worked, um, and I was entertained. I was, you know, I I could watch them wrestle forever, man. They just have so much right. chemistry together, and it just works. Right. You know, and it, it's kind of like you mentioned. Uh, before the podcast, you know, before we started recording, um, it looks like, according to Kevin Owens' Twitter, it looks like he's going to be taking some time off. Um, I hope everything is well with him and and, and hope he can get, um, you know, if he's just trying to spend time with family, hope he gets as much family time as he needs. If he's right. you know, trying to get healthy, hope he can get healthy, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Whatever reason he's taking off, I hope he just- accomplishes that. Just need to take a few. Just need to take a few months off, just to re, or take a few weeks off, just to recharge your batteries. Yeah, Whatever I mean, you need, man. It, it, I mean, you just look at. The, I mean, his last few. I mean, I'm just going back to the the, the Roman Reigns feud he had. Like, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, his body's 
can't be feeling good, man. No. Can't be feeling good. But it seems like this was planned. Um, it seems like something he had planned in advance, what nothing, you know, kind of spur of the moment type stuff. Uh, right. And so hopefully, um, and he did say he'd be back soon or, or whatnot. So hopefully um, for our wrestling fandom's sake, it's not too long, but, you know, long enough for him to be able to recharge and rejuvenate and, and come back. Um, but yeah, man, if you're, whoever's listening to this, if you haven't watched this show, uh, I would highly recommend, I mean, the, the, the Cesaro Rollins match was good. Bailey Bianca was good. Um, but Owens and Zane, you know, if you know anything about them, you know, anytime they get in the ring together, it's going to be top notch. Um, I'd highly recommend going back and watching this match. 100%. They, they, they have such great chemistry. They, you know, they've done it a thousand times, but like we talked about with Flair and Sting, every time it's different and every time it looks different and every time it works different, they know how to tell a story. They know how to get, they know how to work it. And for years, it was the opposite. It was, you know, bad guy Owens versus Faye. It was Hill Owens versus Faye Zane. And I, I kind of like Hill Zane versus Faye Owens, I got to say. I do, too. I do, too. Um, they, they've seemed to have found a niche in both of right. their uh, characters that, that just works. Right. But, yeah, really good match. Kudos to both of them. Uh, moving on to our, I guess you could call it semi-main event, co-main event. Uh, we had for the Raw Women's Championship, we had Rhea Ripley defending her championship against Charlotte Flair. Uh, my prediction that I posted or that I said on the last uh, 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 podcast did not come true. And I guess if you watch Monday Night Raw, it kind of made sense why. Um for those that don't remember, I, my hot take was that Nikki Cross was going to come on the pre-show and, and say that she deserved a shot because she had beaten both of them recently. They turned into a three-way and she'd somehow win the title. Um, if you've watched Raw this past Monday, she's now a superhero. Um, so it kind of makes sense as to why, to why my prediction didn't happen. Um, did you see that, by the way? No, I did not. I have seen the I have seen the picture uh, or oh. the 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 new the Nikki Cross as uh, as a superhero thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I read that it was her idea. She approached events or whoever she had to approach about it, and she wanted to do it. Hey, I want to win the lottery. I do too. You know, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like every, just because you want to, and of course, Twitter's, oh, she's so brave. Da, 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 da. And like, no, every idea you have isn't a great idea. You know what I mean? She, she's got charisma out of the wazoo. She's charismatic as hell. Um, it's kind of like a Molly Holly or a mighty Molly meets like a blue blazer type right. deal. And I, that, Mixed with a little hurricane, but you're she's not Hurricane Helms. You know what I mean? I I hope she gets it over. Maybe she will. Right. I also think it's one of those things that Vince McMahon may see as a joke and make it to where she can't get it over. If that makes sense, you know, to where he sees it so much as of a gimmick that ha ha ha, let's just and put her in dumb stuff. Right. Um 
I mean, she's wearing like this. Uh, I mean, like I said, kudos. I will say this: kudos on her for taking a chance. Right. I, I will never. I will never. I will never criticize somebody for taking a chance. I'm all about people taking chances and betting on themselves, right? If you truly, truly believe, go for it, but just be smart about it, right? Because there are some things you can't come back from in the wrestling business. Right. You know, and if you go too far down that hole, you're not going to be able to climb out. And, I, you know, I've been on the record saying that I loved her when she was with Sanity, you know, how they had her. I, I kind of called her like a female Dean Ambrose or like a she was almost like a loose cannon. Like you didn't she out of that whole group, she grabbed my attention the most. You know, just because she just stood out to me. Um, and and it's just been, they've kind of turned her more into like a, more like a kid version of that over her W, her main roster run. It's like been simplified and dumbed down to where, I, I think there's some wrestlers that are trying to market to, to kids which is fine because the kids, you need the kids, right? You need that younger generation. Um, you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta reach out to them, but it's just uh, the ones that they pick to do that with, it doesn't, sometimes it makes me scratch my head. Um, but Hey, best of luck to her. I think you'll see, you know, and, and obviously it was her first appearance. Um, but I think, charisma wise it can be one of those where she has so much charisma with such a gimmicky gimmick i guess for lack of a better term that like vince just sees it as a joke and you know just like he saw the blue blazer as a joke just like he saw hurricane as a joke um and and you got to be a special person to be able to get stuff like that over um, and, and so I hope for her sake, you know, six months from now, I hope I'm eating my words. You know, I just don't see it happening, man. I don't. But uh, there, yeah, I'm sorry to get off on that. But that that reminded me of her turning into a superhero within a week. Um, but uh, so back to the pay-per-view, um, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, what did you think? <laughs> was what it was. I mean, the ending was stupid. The ending Here, I, was can I, can I Can I interject and say something better? Go right ahead. The whole match was stupid. Oh, I agree with that. The ending in particular was stupid, but the whole thing was dumb. There's nobody that comes across looking good at all. Um, I, the match itself wasn't that bad as far as technically – did you see the GIF I sent you of Please. Charlotte? I literally sent it to you and I said, holy hell. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. Is it yeah, it, dude. Because it was getting shared on Twitter. Right. And I was like, Rick, in my head, I was like, Rick Flair would be pissed. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The kicks, oh god, that's awful. And that's not something you're gonna you're supposed to see from Charlotte. You know what I mean? 
that's not something you, hey, everybody screws up, you know, everybody screws up. Um, but man, man, man. Um, the, here's my thing with that match and why I called it stupid. In my opinion, and I could be wrong because she's had a million matches. That's probably the worst Charlotte Flair match I've ever seen. And I'm not saying yeah. it was a god-awful, just negative two-star Dave Meltzer match or anything like that. They got their stuff in. They beat on each other, you know. Um, but to me, it reminded me of a 1996 WCW Cruiserweight match in that it was spot after 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 spot in the match. And it's like, dude, y'all haven't had time to breathe. Like, why? You know, it's like they they were told that they had nine minutes or however long that match went. And they said, we're going to just go and go and go and go and go. And then in the meantime, we're going to, as you, you know, I just mentioned, we're going to miss, like, stomp the air instead of kick each other. And it was just so fast that I think it became sloppy. Right. And like, and I was, because I was just watching it. I was like, are they just going to, are, are they going to slow down? Are they going to, you know, like they just went and went. It was spot and move and spot and move and beat and beat and beat. And then, like you said, the ending to top it off. And I was just like, thank God it's over, man. Yeah. Um, it, it just didn't work. It did not work. Um, and it looks like this feud isn't over. You know, they've already announced they'll be wrestling each other, money in the bank, I think. Um, so hopefully they can redeem themselves because I know, you know, if, if I can see that or, or if people, you know, can have that opinion, you know, Charlotte knows, you know what I mean? She, right. she, she's experienced enough to know that that wasn't her best match or, or, or whatever, that she wants redemption. Um, so hopefully for her sake and Rhea's sake that, you know, as much as I don't want to see this feud continue, if it means that they're able to redeem themselves, um, then I hope that's what happens. Um, because I was just, I was kind of like, like, I just wouldn't expect that from a type of match from Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's supposed to be a ring general type deal. Like she's supposed to be in control and it didn't seem like she was in control. And I'm not talking about offensively. I'm just talking about being able to dictate the match, you know? Um, telling Rhea to slow down if she needs to slow down or, you know, um, it didn't seem like any of that happened. It just seemed like they just went and went and went and, and, and didn't stop. Um, and some people may like that, but that doesn't tell any type of story to me, you know, because I can't, you do so much, you know, it's like I mentioned before about all the flippy gymnastics stuff. Like you do so much in a match even in a five-minute match, I can't remember what you did three and a half minutes ago. Right. Because you've done 120 things since then in three minutes. Like, cool, you're athletic. That's awesome. But what story are you telling? You know, I don't remember it because you've done so much. Like, you're, you're not accomplishing anything other than just showing you can jump and flip. Like, cool, go do gymnastics if that's what you want to do. But you're in wrestling to tell a story. And I just didn't get that in this match, man. I, I didn't. And then, like you said, the ending was just hokey as hell. Um, and it, it, it okay. didn't make sense. So if no you sense. didn't see it, 
they uh, did a thing where Ripley ripped the table off and hit Charlotte with it, and they DQ'd her. The problem is we've seen people do worse than that and not get DQ'd. Well, and it's also at a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell, man. Right. Like, I know it wasn't a Hell in a Cell match, but, like, that's you what you're going to disqualify somebody on? Yeah. At Hell in a Cell, where everybody's literally, like, just throwing each other into steel fencing and using it. It's like, come on. Come on. And, and once again, that kind of goes back to to what I was talking about with Cesaro and Rollins, like, and, and obviously there were different matches on, you know, different spectrums, you know, Cesaro and Rollins, they had a really good match, but as the, my point still stands where like you get to the ending and if Charlotte and Rhea had had a damn good match up until that point, you're taking that all away by that ending, by right. that finish, like, because that's all anybody's going to be talking about is that dumb finish. And it's like, you, you got people that get paid nice amount of money whose job it is to come up with finishes and that's what they thought of. Like, really, really? Like, yeah. come on. You know, so it, yeah, it, it did not work for me at all. No. Um, I don't think it really worked for anybody. And I think that's why most likely they're, they're having a rematch at money in the bank is, is to redeem themselves. Right. I, I don't see how anybody could have watched that match. And I'm talking about in the back, you know, the, the people who, who count. I don't see how they could have watched that match and, and, and would have been satisfied with it, given who was in the match. You know, I, I just don't. Maybe I could be being too hard on Charlotte, but I, I just, I was. I, it was not good. Well, I was just shocked. You know, I was like, I wouldn't expect this from Charlotte. You know, it's yeah. the same way I wouldn't expect it from Sasha or Bailey or, or Becky Lynch or. Um, you know, Asuka's a little different because Asuka's a lot of uh, – she's more fast-paced and, like, go, 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 but you can slow her down, you know. Um, but I, I just – yeah, it, it just caught me off guard, man. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, and go figure on this site that I'm reading the – Results from they gave it a B plus. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was like, no. Yeah, the same the same grade they gave Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I don't know how in the hell you do that. Right. Um, and then they gave let's see real quick. Yeah, they gave the main event an A minus. That's about right. Uh, so moving on to the main event, we had for the WWE Championship, we had Bobby Lashley defending it against Drew McIntyre in Hell in a Cell. So we had a Hell in a Cell match to start the show and a Hell in a Cell match to end the show. And like I mentioned earlier, Slade, I was worried after that first match between Bianca and Bailey that they had done too much uh, with, for lack of a better term, for, with the weapons, you know, with the chairs the and the, the, the kendo, yeah, the plunder. Yes. Um, that it would kind of take away from this match and the effect that it would have on this match. But I think having a two-hour break and then um, – um, just the match that Lashley and McIntyre were able to put on, it didn't affect it at all. Right. These guys beat the holy hell out of each other the entire match. Um, and it, it was kind of different contrast. Like, if you go back and watch uh, uh, Charlotte and Rhea, obviously they didn't have as much time as Bobby and, and Drew. But the whole story behind Charlotte and Rhea was, I'm going to beat you up, I'm going to beat you up, I'm going to beat you up. And that's what they tried to accomplish. Like, they were trying to beat each other up. 
Bobby and Drew didn't try. They did. Yeah. Like they tore each other up. Um, you, it, the 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 picture of Drew McIntyre's back kind yes. of proved it. Yes, absolutely. His back was torn up. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they went back and forth this entire match. Uh, I loved I loved the way this match was booked. I, I really yeah. do. Um, it gave McIntyre plenty of offense. You know, in the stipulation, if McIntyre lost, um, he wouldn't be able to challenge Bobby Lashley for the title again. Right. Uh, and so it was kind of do or die for Drew. And 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 so that kind of added, you know, to the desperation for Drew in that sense. Um, and there were plenty of times where, you know, and, and Drew's a believable character. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's physical. So he's always going to be believable in that sense. But this just added to that believability when he did get the offense in. Right. Um, that, that he could do it. Uh, and I think, I think most people at this point, and you've mentioned it, and I think I agree with you that, you know, you kind of hope Drew goes down a notch. Yeah. You know, not necessarily booking-wise, but just in the card. You know, feud with some lower-tiered lower, lower tiered people and let somebody else get a chance at Bobby, something fresh. Um, but I will say if this if this was the blow-off match for them. The ending kind of. Yeah, the true blow-off match. Um, man, they knocked it out of the park. It was a, it was a great – It was a, the only thing I have an issue with is the ending. I don't love yes. the – MVP grabs his leg just because that's what they did at Mania. Well, yeah. Everything the, else I love. The only – the and see, this is what kind of confused me after watching Raw um, the next night was, like you said, you know, MVP found his – he finagled his way into the, in the, into the cell. Uh, he was able to uh, – McIntyre was going for Claymore, Right. Right. Yeah, and then uh, MVP was able to grab his leg, distract him. Lashley got him for the win. Um, and in my head, I thought, well, McIntyre is going to get a rematch. You know, right. because it wasn't a clean win. And, and if you're going to have a true blow off, you want that guy to get beat clean. So there could right. be no doubt. But then Monday, you had. Oh, and Monday Night Raw was that was one of the best Monday Night Raws I've seen in a while, just from an in-ring standpoint. You know, not notwithstanding the promos and stuff, but just the in-ring action, that was one of the best Monday Night Raws I've seen in a long time. Um, but then you had the Money in the Bank qualifying matches, and you had Riddle and McIntyre. Did you see that match? No, I didn't. Slade, I know Riddle won. You got to go back and watch that match. It was a really, really, really good match. Um, but yeah, Riddle won. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, well, there's Drew's way of getting, you know, his chance again. Um, but Riddle wound up winning. And then they announced it soon after that, that, uh, Drew, uh, Orton and AJ Styles were having a triple threat match next Monday. It's kind of a last chance qualifier for the Money in the Bank match. Winner, that'll get a spot in Money in the Bank. Um, which that should be a damn good match too. Uh, but, it, it, you know, I just kind of, from the finish of Hell in a Cell, I was like, oh, it's obvious they're going to give him his rematch because that's what you do on those types of finishes. It's like, oh, I mean, you cheated. Da, 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 da. Right. Okay, well, you get one more MVPs barred from ringside, no outside interference type deal. Um, and then you have your blow off. 
but then he lost to Riddle, and I was like, well, there goes his chance, and then now they got him back in a triple Last threat. chance. Right, but then, you know, it's against Orton and AJ, so, like, you could conceivably see any three of them winning um, to, to, to get that spot, you know, because in storyline, they all make sense, you know, because you can have Orton in there with Riddle, Riddle going for the briefcase, and Orton costing him the briefcase, or you know, AJ getting the briefcase. AJ would be a great money in the bank holder as a heel. Right. Away. He would be awesome. Um, but I also think he's at the point he doesn't need it, which, you know, you could argue Orton doesn't need it. Um, yeah, that's that's just, you know, that finish with the way that they booked Raw after just kind of confused me. Um, and, it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the next few right. weeks. Uh but yeah, I, I was figuring, you know, like I said, if, if it's going to be the blow off, you do it clean because that's just the traditional way of doing it. Um, so when MVP interfered like that in my head, I immediately thought, well, there's going to be another rematch. And I selfishly don't want the rematch. But at the same time, Slade, if that rematch is as good as the Hell in a Cell match was, I'm fine with it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, as much yeah. as I'm annoyed by it, I'm fine with it if it turns out like that. Right. Because it was a damn good match. Right. It really was. It really was. It was a good show. It, yeah. No, top to bottom, you know, as we're going through recapping it. Um, yeah. I mean, outside of uh, Shayna and Alexa and Charlotte and uh, Rhea, man, I would, you know, I mentioned uh, going back and watching Owens and Zane. But outside of the, those two women's matches that I mentioned, I would recommend going back and watching every other match. You know, oh, absolutely. Because they, they, they all did their job and they all hit the spot. You know, and, and, and like we mentioned, with the two women's matches, with Alexa and Shayna, that was not either one of their faults. They did what they were supposed to do. And then I think with Charlotte and Rhea, I think they'll – when they have their rematch, I think they'll do a much better job. Yeah, yeah, they will. Um, I think it was just one of those that didn't, you, you know. One of those nights. Nice. Yeah, it was just an off night, man. We all have them at whatever we're doing. Um, their off night just happened to be in front of a couple million people, you know, right. on live TV. Um, right. Where you, where you don't get any do-overs. Um, right. So, hopefully for their sake, that's what happens. But yeah, I, I would highly recommend going back and watching the other what four matches, because uh, they all deliver. They all deliver, man. Right. And it was a you know, and this is the last. I just saw the Natalia Mandy Rose got to be minus. Who is grading this? Um, but yeah, Bianca and Bailey got a B plus. Cesaro and Rollins got a B. Owens and Zayn got a B plus. And then Drew and Lashley got an A minus. So I mean, all those, yeah. Um, but this was the last pay per view before live audiences will be, you know, back for the pay per view. So I think you know the intensity and the excitement will be even more for uh, Money in the Bank. And that's, you know, I mentioned it numerous times that that's I think that's become the fourth biggest pay per view of the year. Right. Um, it's kind of weird with them sandwiching it right in between you know right before SummerSlam this year but um, I think that also shows you 
that they kind of believe the same thing that they're putting that as the first pay-per-view back with fans that right they believe it you know it's a big deal it's, it's a big pay-per-view um, right so i'm thinking you know and that'll be the one that leads up to SummerSlam. that'll be the pay-per-view before SummerSlam. uh so i think you may see some surprises there um i don't know if you've seen the rumored three matches for SummerSlam. uh but if they're able to pull those three matches off, plus whatever else they put on the cards, like that, that'll be one hell of a SummerSlam. Let's see here. I mean, I can tell you. It's what? Edge it's Rollins. Edge and Rollins. Cena and Cena, Lashley Lesnar, right? And Lashley and Lesnar. Those would be great. Just those three alone, you know? Yes. If they're able to pull off all three of those, I mean, Edge and Rollins would be give me all take all my money you know what i mean right absolutely um, and then yeah uh lashley and lesnar would be a just a physical just beat down um and then reigns and cena would be a fitting match given where reigns is in his career now um and it could be a kind of a good segue to possibly him in the rocket wrestlemania next year right right um, you know him he go through he goes through cena and then he goes through the rock what else you got for me boss you know what i mean um but yeah so if they're able to pull those through get those three matches together on top of like i said whatever you figure it's going to be a 10 12 match card being SummerSlam and being seventy thousand people uh that looks to be you know i'm i'm, I'm really getting excited for that pay-per-view right same here and especially, you know, and depending on what happens with money in the bank, uh, it, it could be even better. Right. That's it could be. That's the beauty of wrestling, man. There's all uh, these possibilities. Absolutely. Well, do you have anything else for the people, Slade? I do not. Okay. Well, I think we just about covered everything. Like I said, uh, we got to watch the first ever episode of Monday Nitro, which is a historic event in wrestling history. Um, you know, going back and watching that was was fun. And it was pretty, it was a pretty packed show, you know, for only 45 minutes minus commercials. Um, they had a good bit going on, even though they were in the middle of a mall. Um, not a mall, the Mall of America. Yep. But, you know, I think, it, I think, you know, looking back on it now, they got off on the right foot for sure um they had a really live crowd there um and it was just a really good presentation for a company that if you know anything about their history before monday nitro was not in a very good place uh financially or perception wise right. you know it was just perceived to be this southeastern hillbilly wrestling company right um, you know and so i think that was Definitely the turning point for them, um, and, and they were off to the races, man, for the next, what, six years, five years, yep. five and a half years? Pretty much. Um, and, and, and so it was, it was good to go back and, and watch that piece of history with you, Slade. Um, and then, like you said, we got to break down and, and discuss a, a, what was a pretty solid, you know, looking back on it a few days later, uh, pretty, pretty solid Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Absolutely. Um, like I said, four out of the six matches, I would highly recommend you go and check out. Um, and the other two matches aren't absolutely garbage. Um, so you could sit through those as well. 
Right. Um, but with that being said, man, if you don't have anything for the people, I think I'm good. And we'll, we'll go ahead and get them on out of here. All right, man. All right. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, and I got to say it again because it's part of my job description, please give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk, and on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Once again, it is always greatly appreciated for you to do that. Um, you'll stay up to date on all things Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, one of these days, Slade, me saying this all the time, is going to pay off, and we're going to get followers. Absolutely. <laughs> but in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Turnbuckle Talk, and we can't wait for you to join us on the next episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Have a good one. Uh...